Lisa. Thanks for listening. God, what a rough day. I mean, I was just listening to what happened in uh, Barcelona and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, I mean, what I have to say at this point is not really what's necessary. It's just I, I just, you know, am horrified and I'm horrified by so many, 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 many things. Um, but I do want to make sure that, you know, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, which is the best radio station in the Western Hemisphere. Go online, check us out. We have a billion great shows. No, we have like 90, 70, okay, 70 great shows, all different kinds of shows, talk shows, music shows. And um, if you click on our donate button, you could help us stay on the air. And if anything, we need... We need help. We all need this kind of uh, media right now. Free media, nonprofit media. You know what I'm saying. I don't need to tell you more. Anyway, I just came back from vacation, and it was a little bit of a road trip through the real America, partly because I was really curious about what's going on out there, what's going on in rural America. Uh, we got a really cheap, I went with my husband, we got a really good deal on, uh, that's one thing, it's cheap out there, and we got a good value on a lake, cabin on the lake, which we stayed in for a few nights, and then we went to uh, Erie, where we have a good artist friend, Larry Walzak, shout out Larry, he entertained us, we saw all the sights of Erie, and very cool place, but, you know, so anyway, in my... Uh, my effort to reach out, I started a lovely conversation with this, uh, I mean, a conversation with this lovely waitress in Erie, Pennsylvania. I'm just going to say her first name, Nikki. I think that's okay. And I wanted her to be on the show today because she had a lot of really interesting things. She was a kind person, you could tell. And she had voted for Trump. And I wanted to get her point of view because I do think that, I mean, you can say these people aren't educated. You can say, I mean, I know that everybody pretty much that listens to this show or this station or has anything to do with this station is probably, you know, uh, as they say, progressive, liberal, whatever you want. But I do want to say that there are people out there that are on the other side that are decent people. They may not be as aware. They may not be educated. They may be in their own you know, media bubble. But anyway, that was my effort. So I asked her to be on the air and I, I want to give you a snapshot of the letter I got back, why she couldn't do it today. I was just going to have her calling because I have a scheduled guest that I'm going to introduce you who's fabulous in a second. But anyway, she said, hi, Lisa. Uh, it was very nice to meet you last week. This is after I invited her to be on the center an email. Uh, it was nice to hear other views and beliefs from friends and neighbors. I pray for our country to find peace and focus on our values again. Although I am unable to call into your radio show, I appreciate you wanting me to share with others how I feel. Listen to this, folks. I work two jobs and I'm at work during your show. School starts next week, so we are busy getting ready. I have to prepare my classroom and get my four children ready to go as well. So I just want you to know that this is what these people are dealing with. I, I know a lot of people that work really hard and are really dedicated and really great, kind people and all that. 
But I do not know anyone personally in my social circle who has four children that they are working two jobs for. And that's what this woman is doing. And that's what a lot of these people are doing. And they don't, they are not as informed probably as we would like them to be. So what I'm trying to say is compassion, folks, love, acceptance, compassion. Okay. Got it. Let's get to our, let's get to our regularly scheduled show and our guest today, whose name well, you know, I have a little bit, I'm a little neurotic about the names, but I'm going to say his first name. His name is Ulich. Very good. Very good. Yeah, impressive. And why don't you say your last name for us? It's uh, Ulgen. So Ulich Ulgen. And Ulich was born in Turkey. That's right. And then he moved to your parents. Uh, my mom and I moved to Minnesota, Minnesota when I was nine years old. Yeah. And is your dad still in Turkey? He's back in Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen him lately? Of course. I just saw him two months ago when I visited. When you yeah. visited Turkey. So anyway, the reason I thought Ulich would make an awesome guest is because his pursuit is not unlike mine. What he does is he puts, and you've been doing this three years now? Yeah. So he puts flyers on the street and invites strangers to come to his apartment in the East Village and do a podcast with him. And he's been doing this, like I just said, over three years, and he's had 200 different podcasts and has had quite a uh, wild experience. So we're going to hear about, um, and I and I encourage you, you know, it's gotten a lot of press and stuff like that. It's called Murmur, murmurtalks.com right. is the website to go to. M-U-R-M-U-R-talk.com. And you, can, and you can hear it also on iTunes. So, I mean, you can go and listen to it, which you should. I mean, it's really interesting. He's a little more, he's a little more, uh, a, he's a little more candid, maybe less therapy-like than I am, of course. He has his own style, but he's funny and he's charming and all that. And, you know, he's got a big mouth because he's on the, you know, podcast guy. And so he's got all the great qualities of a podcaster. Um, so you should go check that out. But when I'm really, you know, I'm trying to peek behind the curtain here, my goals today is to find out uh, the reason he started doing this, as you said, was to make friends. You felt lonely. Is that right? Gosh. I mean, you can only imagine going from the New York of the Middle East, which is, you know, Istanbul to a tiny, tiny village, essentially in Minnesota. That's a pretty drastic jump, especially considering the fact that I barely knew anything about American culture, except for, you know, the cartoons that I watch on Nickelodeon, but I couldn't speak a lick of English. You couldn't speak. And how Mm -hmm. old were you? I was nine years old. So that must have really like been, were you really unhappy? Gosh, so much. I, I couldn't even tell you how unhappy I was, Dr. Lisa. Um, and how did you wind up coming to New York? Hmm. That's an interesting story. Um, it was through a chance encounter with an opera singer. Oh, right. At the Y. At, At the, the y. YMCA. I read about this. And yeah. you came to New York and you visited right and and you know i just but saw as an him adult, last week you right. came to new york as an adult on your own of, uh, of course but did you, you know, go to college i did yeah i Where went did... to um uh, not university of minnesota i went to a community college and what did minnesota. you study there what i went i went in for general education but you know i'll be honest with you my heart wasn't really that into it mm-hmm. 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 so what, what i want to get to today is find out how uh this three years of this podcast has affected Ulrich, and also he 
spent a lot of time near the Syrian border and has has a real perspective on refugees. So I want to make sure we get to that. And he's also kind of pissed off, which we need to talk about. I think we need to get that off his chest. He's pissed off right now because he put up some flyers and he made a joke about uh, stuff. You know, he uses like a teddy bear as sort of his icon a bit. And he made some joke about teddy bears lives matter and he got a lot of right i'll i'll just interject yeah, for a yeah, second yeah, yeah, first yeah, and foremost ahead. it was not meant to be a joke it was not meant to be um poking fun at anything right uh, to get the word out there for my podcast right. i snare all of my guests off the street right so i try to do the flyers that, to be relevant to what's going on in the current times and uh the headline was teddy bear lives matter and Yimosh being my silent co-host of the show, he's a teddy bear. Oh, see, yeah. I thought it was something that was relevant. And if you read it, if you read the flyer, it says, bear or human, male or female, it doesn't matter. Everybody is welcome to murmur. And I reiterate this twice on the flyer. And it's it's a program that's very, very inclusive. I, also, I never turned down Yeah, anybody. and I also want to say, like, you've had some fairly, like, threatening or, you know, people I wouldn't want to have in I've my apartment. You've had homeless people and drug addicts. Murderers. murderers. I've had people who've been to jail for killing in my apartment. And I'm not judging them. I'm willing to give them a platform to speak and engage with them and feed them and be a good host. And I have people calling me up saying that I'm being... Um, insensitive or dare i say it and so how do they call you like what so anyway so we this is not true that you are uh judgmental or you know or any i don't even want to say racist racist sex you don't you let you are an your 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 home your podcast is an open is an open book and uh, so there's no question about that. We, we don't we your integrity is not as far as we're concerned today well, in question. Uh, but it was misinterpreted. So anyway, what I want to understand is how are you getting on the flyers? Do you put your phone number? Yeah, everything's up there on the flyer. My phone number, my email address, my apartment. So, gosh, my mom is worried sick. She's thinking somebody's going to show up at my apartment, you know, with a gun or yeah, I'm worried. I'm a little worried. Why did you put your address? You put your fo- your address on there. Yeah. How come? It's because you know, if if it wasn't for the uh, the amazing strangers that I met in my uh, travels overseas that you mentioned in your intro over in Syria and Turkey, um, you know, I don't think that I would be alive today. So in a way, I feel like I owe these people. You know. These strangers. So you feel that like by being as open as you can in your flyer that you are instilling trust in them? I'm honoring what was done to me, the kindness that was shown to me. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to show that same level of kindness back to the community. Okay. You know what? I really respect that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, but what I'm, what I'm, what, what I want to work, what I what I want to try and relieve, I, I understand how upsetting it is for somebody with your value and values and integrity that you've left yourself open and now you're getting shit for it. So tell me what's going on. Is this the first time you've gotten shit for it? No, gosh, they, there's actually a guy in the West Village who every now and then will send me literally death threats over my flyers because for him, it's he consider, considers it littering. So you, you would think that's something so trivial 
as wanting mm-hmm. to do a podcast with with random strangers would be you know it's it's I have good intentions, you know. I'm obviously. not trying to hurt anybody. Yeah, no, obviously. You know? But what's what I think is really painful to you or what would be painful and I I was saying earlier I had a somewhat of an experience that was similar where I had a piece of art um uh you know taken out of a show because they said it was racist, you know, and I'm like so not or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so I understand that, mm-hmm. you know, when your integrity after you make so much effort to have integrity and sacrifices and it's called in a con con you know contest so is that what you're upset about that somebody's doubting your integrity yeah well i think what i'm more upset about is that the, the the fact that there were people that saw this flyer my recent flyer that felt offended by it which really really was not my intention but the interesting thing dr lisa is that immediately after that feeling of sadness that I, I have for them for the fact that i hurt them i start feeling a little angry because i'm thinking to myself look there's a president in this country who's about to perhaps start a war and you're getting upset at something so trivial you know and the thing is we you know we live in a time when political correctness is like the way to be and I don't want to be politically correct. I want to be able to say what I feel in my heart. And everybody should have the right to say what they want to say. But at the same time, willing to listen and have compassion for each other. I, I, totally, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I do think it is realistic to if you are going to put yourself out there in the way that you do. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't or that I don't. You know, I think it's ballsy as hell. And I uh, admire it. I couldn't do it. Uh, But I do think that, you know, some of this is just going to come with the territory, right? I guess it's to be expected. I'm I'm learning it firsthand. Mm -hmm. Do you feel threatened by it? Absolutely not. No, no, no. Because I know my intentions and my heart's in the right place. But do you feel like a crazy person's going to come to your home? I've had lots of crazy people in my home and so, I've had wonderful conversations. with So them. It, it doesn't, it doesn't do people ever just show up at your home? Of course. Yeah. 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 That? And none of that, you're not afraid of any of that. Absolutely not. I mean, like I said, if it wasn't for the strangers that I met uh, two or three years ago, I, I wouldn't be alive today. So this is my way of honoring, you know, their, their kindness. It's as simple as that. Well, I'm going to say that I think anger is the appropriate response to feeling like you're, because you're being exploited by them a little bit. Because, in other words, you're not the problem. You're not the problem. You're not the person that's really the racist person, the person that these people who are angry mm-hmm. at racism or repression or whatever. The, there's plenty of that. You, p- taking it out on you is not the problem. I think the thing is you have made yourself vulnerable and they're cowards. So anger is uh, a really appropriate response i don't i mean i think that if you can look at it from that point of view and not think that it's because of your you know your truth or anything about you it's just people taking advantage of you and if you are kind and vulnerable you're gonna be taken advantage of hello it ha it's Mm -hmm. gonna happen that's part of the deal and this is what's happening to you, I think. Yeah, Does that you know, make any you, sense? You, you put it so eloquently, Dr. Lisa. Thank <laughs> well, you. that's very my, sweet. My brain is scrambling right now because no, you know, there's ups- a lot of pain in my heart, ups- so it's hard to you know, yeah, convey please, my words please, in the way that... Please don't 
try try not to make that about you if you can. Just yes, remember thank you. that's what everybody's telling but me. But be too. angry, you. be angry, be angry at those people, and make sure you're being taking care of yourself and being self protective. And if you need to pull back a little, pull back and see till you feel better. It's okay. Thanks, Dr. Lisa. Be, be nice I already feel to better, thanks to you. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> no, I could see it was on your mind, and I wanted to at least get it out. Thank so, you, thank um, you, thank you. Um, and uh, so I want to find out, like, one of the things that, you know, I re- one of the things that we've, we've acknowledged is that you started this podcast making friends. So what was, what has happened? Like what, what has the journey been like for you just on, on that, on that level? Like as far as feeling more open to people, feeling like you can really making friends and stuff. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah. I mean, I'll say this to you, the fact that you're, you're standing right before me right now, Dr. Lisa, and that, we're engaging in this conversation without my hands getting sweaty, without me trembling in my seat. And with the fact that I'm looking at you right in the eyes, it's an absolute miracle because these were things that I would not have been able to do three years ago. I was a nervous wreck. What was that from? I'm, You know, when I moved from Turkey to, to Minnesota, I think I had major, major trouble making friends because I went from being the most popular kid in class oh. in Istanbul to being the oh. loser foreigner kid who oh. couldn't speak English. That's hard. Yeah. So there was a lot of uh, things culturally that I needed to become assimilated to. And, you know, I was behind. I, I, I didn't know the language. So that was difficult. Did you get any help or how, how, did, um, your, how did the teachers react? How did your parents react? Well, or, you know. I, Did you miss your dad? I mean, oh gosh, very much so. Deal? The first, I want to say, the first five to six years of being in this country, I would get insanely homesick to the point where I would look at the map, a world map, and That's just stare, sad. stare at the turkey, you know, the yeah, just on the map and just look at it, imagining that's where my family, that's where my friends are at right now, and I'm here, stuck in, you know, twelve feet of snow. In February in Minnesota, freezing my butt off. Minnesota. How did your mother pick Minnesota? I know. uh, She got a job offer at the Mayo Clinic. Oh, okay. What does she do? She's a doctor. Oh, all right. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, in the long run, looking back, she kind of made the right decision. Uh, I still feel a little ambivalent about that, Dr. Okay. Lisa. It's a well, sensitive subject. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. that. But I mean, you can she see that best. she really she, wanted the best for you. I, that's 100% true. Yeah. Sometimes you have good intentions. Maybe the outcome isn't good, but she definitely had good well, intentions. Well, the outcome <laughs> is still going on. How old are you? Uh, how old am I or how old was I? How old are you now? You were I'm nine 28. when you moved. I'm 28. 28. Yeah, yeah, so you got plenty of time. That's true. Yeah, things are work. You're working on it. You're doing really good. By the way, can I be honest with you for a second, sure. Dr. Lisa? One thing that really irks me when people come on my show, the guests, yeah, on my podcast, yes. is that they never take the time to ask me how I'm doing. So, how's life treating you, Dr. Oh, Lisa? Are you doing sweet. okay? <laughs> well, that's very sweet. Uh yeah. You know, things are okay. I've got, you know, you know what? I'm really grateful. The one thing I'm, I'm always grateful. Like, if I'm healthy. I mean, not that I've had like serious health problems or anything, really. I mean, I've had a little bit here or there, but but you look okay. I feel, as long as I'm healthy, and um, you know, my husband and I aren't on the brink of divorce. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I feel very grateful. 
Good, I mean, I'm, I, I'm an anxious person. I'm not always a happy person. I'm not a happy person. I'm an anxious, hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, person who dwells on the wrong thing. I'm an anxious, you know, person. High five to that. High five to that. But I am very grateful. I'm very grateful. So, but thank you for thinking thinking of me and checking in. Of course. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm feeling good that we were able to uh, get get what was that you know, issue out on the table. Of about. course. So that was, I feel so much more relieved. Well, the I'm fact glad. that you allow me the five minutes to talk about it. I feel like, <laughs> you know, I have well, wings, oh, you know, geez. floating away. Uh Oh, I better write this down. Uh, that's a compliment. I got to write it down. Okay. Internalize it. Internalize it. Don't deflect. Don't deflect. Okay. Okay. We, we did that. We did that. We're on it. We're on it. Um, but what I really do want. So anyway, so here you are, here you are in New York and you are, uh, so did you ever resolve making friends as a child? No, never. I think, you know, this was an ongoing pursuit, Dr. Lisa. In fact, all the way up to the age of 23, I was literally living right around the corner from here, uh, on Knickerbocker and Hart street when, uh, I just decided for myself, you know what? Things have to change. What year was that? Uh, 2000, it was three years ago. So 2014, uh, okay. 2013, yeah, 2014, that long ago. it was the winter of 2013. I lived right in this neighborhood. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's Russia memories right just in. being back here. Right. But I, you know, you can only live a certain way of your life for so long until you realize, you know what, this isn't working. I've been doing the same thing for the past 20 years, banging my head on the wall, wondering why I'm not making any friends. Something needs to change. So I made that change, and and Murmur was the um, the conduit for me mm-hmm. to. So change. when you went to Turkey and Syria, Syria, were you in Syria actually? I wasn't in Syria, but, but I was literally miles, miles away. So from So were you in? Um, were you in uh, refugee camps? No, no, no. I was mainly just uh, hitchhiking and traveling on my own. Mm-hmm. I think what happened was, you know, winter of twenty thirteen. New York was not treating me well. I was insane, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. I left my job on a whim. I was working at this place called City Winery. I was oh, insanely, yeah, I place. you know, the what place you've been doing there. there? I, was, I was, I was waiting tables. Yeah. Oh wow, well that's a nice yeah. place. And I was insanely in love with the with one of my coworkers, uh, this one girl that I was working with. And I don't know if you can relate, Doctor Lisa, but if you don't know yourself as a person, and you fall in love with someone else. That can be a little problematic. Well, falling in love and problematic go hand in hand. So <laughs> no matter with, what, right? I'm going to give you that. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> so, uh, so I just thought, you know what? Fuck every. Uh, can I swear? Yeah. No. Okay. Fuck it. Okay. Fuck it. All right. Good. That feels good. <laughs> yeah. So I said, "Fuck everything," and I just walked out on that job. I, I gave her one last love letter. It, it was it was the core. So this girl knew that you liked her. Oh my god! I was so crazily infatuated it was and were, incredible and did you ever go out on a date or did she just know that you were I that you we, really liked her i think we both kind of liked each other but i was so neurotic at the time that i i couldn't i couldn't compose myself in the way that i wanted to. and that was such a big frustration for me mm. i didn't understand why can't i just be my natural self mm. why do i have to constantly wear these masks mm-hmm. pretend that i'm not somebody else or pretend that i'm somebody else right in fact I went through a brief period in my life for a year and a half. I would introduce myself as Lou. <laughs> Lou's not my name. 
why? It's like a different persona. So what about high school? You never had any friends in high school? I had one, two friends, two mm-hmm. really close friends, and we would just smoke pot every day. So you had friends. You have had, yeah. Two buddies. Yeah. If it, was your mother um, helpful about you not feeling comfortable in this country? Or did she just well, kind of want you to she tough was, it out? No, she definitely didn't want me to just tough it out. And she tried to do everything she could, you know. She, she tried could. to get me into therapy. Oh, she did. Into, you know, groups where I would be assimilated to other people of my age. But it was just I was hard. very stubborn. I was very yeah. stubborn. And I was very picky, and too. And you're also, uh, what was I going to say? You're, um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. Okay. So you're... Um, can I get you a glass of water, Dr. No, Lisa? I'm good. Okay. Thank you. You want to take care of me. Yeah, I'm a waiter. You're like that. You've got that. You've got yeah. that in you. Hospitality, you've got baby. That, you've got that in you. Uh, yeah, so you had a few friends. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the recent things that I started doing with Murmur, actually, is uh, I do a Turkish coffee and fortune reading at the end of our sessions. Oh, really? So I'll make Turkish coffee. You think and, you're good at fortune telling? Oh, my God. I'm so good. How do you? 98% accuracy. Really? Yeah. What All right. We'll, it, do the, we'll yeah. do that. I want to get back. I'm I sorry. Wanna, yeah. No, no. We got to get. We, we, you're kidding. This show's half over almost. <laughs> I, so anyway, your, um, let's call it your, your unhappiness about mm-hmm. this chick is kind of, you weren't doing uh murmur then that's what made you go to go on a trip right mm-hmm. that's right i dropped everything i went as far as as i could get to which was a, a city called bon did you know what was what were you thinking when you left new york were you like did you sublet your apartment were you coming back I, what, I, what, did, what were you thinking i told my roommate at the time i said to him look here's another extra 500 dollars. i might be back next month or i might not be back but this money is good for until the 15th Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, uh, a day after I arrived in Turkey, he said, uh, sorry, buddy, but I got somebody else to fill in your room. So you need to pick up your stuff. That that's sucks. always hard to deal with when you're yeah, on the other side I of the know, world. So I he know. threw away all my stuff. Well, that's fucked up. It's very fucked up. And it's the kind glad of stuff. You're, glad, you, glad you're glad he's not your roommate. No, absolutely you're not. You're 28. You'll get more yeah, stuff. Yeah. You'll but, get more stuff. But the thing is, no, you know, it's horrible. even something like that, that would so easily hamper your trust and faith in humanity. Oh, you know, yeah, somebody yeah. throwing your stuff, your personal belongings out on the street. Uh, by the time I got back to New York from this trip, which I will get to, I was so elated. My experience in mm-hmm. th- that one-week tri- trip in Turkey like completely mm-hmm. changed my life. So what was the trip like? Like what happened there that, well, yeah, so I want to know. I also want to do our station ID and remind people that they're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn uh, this is Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit, and I'm having a lovely conversation with the charming Ulich. and thoughtful Ulich, who has a podcast called Murmur, where he, through street flyers, gets people off the street and has a podcast with strangers. And also, you should go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and check us out and... um Donate some money. Any amount of money is good for us because we need the encouragement, if nothing else. We need we need to know that we've got that you've got our back, that you're our friend. You're our we wanna be we wanna be one with you, okay? Oh, and oh, oh God. Oh my God, you know what I'm realizing? I just have to say this because I'm was supposed to read this 
on-air copy because we're supposed to get to South by Southwest, and I didn't read it in the beginning, and now I'm going to read it at the end because we're in the middle. We're in the middle of this conversation, and I'm not going to break it up. Uh, so anyway, what happened? What happened when you were in Turkey? Like you were, I'm picturing somebody who was just like, "Fuck it, I've got nothing. I've got nothing left to lose. I'm miserable." You get on a plane. Do you know where you're going? Yeah, I went to Van, which is supposed to be the the biggest opium den in uh, the entirety of Turkey. It's uh-huh. where all the heroin comes from. Wow! So, you know, is I'm that not... your goal to go there? <laughs> I mean, were you like, I want to go to I, where there's a lot of heroin? I think my idea was that I want to just go as far as as I could get to, and I didn't know myself, and I want to discover my country. I mm-hmm. want to discover my mm-hmm. roots. So I thought, you know what, let me go to the furthest point of the country because Istanbul being in the east is very liberal, very, very modern. It's almost a European city. But then when you go out in the west, it's a completely, completely different world. It's a new way of life. And I want to see that and experience it with my own eyes. So how was that? It was incredible because um, first off, I didn't tell anybody that I was going on this trip. So... You can imagine, you know, the worry of, uh, of my family, which admittedly wasn't the responsible thing to do on my part. But then again, I wasn't in the right um Maybe you wanted that. Maybe frame, it know. was a little bit of a cry for help at the same time. Definitely wasn't a cry for help. If anything, I think that was kind of the last stop is the way that I was thinking. Ah, uh, you know, yeah. Um, okay. I, could, I, I could say something really dark here, but, you know, I don't want to uh, uh, uh Well, you know, whatever. I mean, we, we have no boundaries yeah, here. Yeah, That's yeah. for damn sure. But uh, w- when I got there, you know, I thought, look, this is supposed to be the the major ISIS recruitment um, city in, in Turkey. Uh-huh. And I'm definitely not going somewhere safe. But for some reason, the people that, that came along my way in that city and, and during that six to seven day trip were the nicest, the most benevolent and giving people I've ever encountered in my life. I mean, people would just come up to me on the street to say, brother, are you okay? Wow. What's on your mind? And when I spoke... You know, they could tell from my broken Turkish. Right now, I speak English a little better than my Turkish. So they could tell immediately when I spoke yeah. to them that I'm not from there. Right. They could tell I was I was wearing my, you know, scotch and soda right. jacket. Like, I'm right. very American. Yeah. And they would say things like, come over to us. Let us feed you. Wow. Let me give you a ride to the to the main area of the city. Wow. Let me buy you a pack of cigarettes. I don't know. Were there no tourists there? No. Is it a really dangerous area to be? Look, my dad was so worried sick that one of his closest friends uh, works in the Turkish CIA. Uh And he hired him or didn't hire him, him, but told him, look, my son is missing. I don't know where he is. So apparently I didn't know this until later, but I had the CIA watching me every place that I went to during this trip. So um, you stood out as a foreigner, which had in a place that people don't see foreigners very often, right? Definitely. So they probably appreciated your interest in them for one thing. I mean, in other words, I'm just explaining why people would notice you to come over to you, but they were happy to see you. And um, how did you feel? Did you feel like you were just surrounded by like a a world of friends or? Oh gosh. Yeah. It was incredible. I mean, 
every city that I went to, at least 15 people would walk up to me and ask me, how are you doing? Do you need anything? These people ha- barely have any money to feed themselves and they're giving me their food. And if I try to offer them money, they like start fighting with me. They don't take it. What about the dangerous aspect of it? Where you, where did you stay? Like, where, did you? I, on a couple of occasions, uh, people were kind enough to offer me their home, but I declined. Not because I didn't feel safe. I completely, completely felt safe. But I felt as though I would be taken advantage because, you know, they barely have anything for themselves mm. and barely any food. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to be a burden. So I mainly stayed in um in hotels there and like hotel, little dingy little ho- like you know B and B's that kind of thing like that. So yeah. you so you found places to exactly. Stay. But did you ever see people? Did you see people carrying guns? Did you see oh, yeah, people yeah. with? Did you see a lot of heroin addicts? Was it threatening? Uh, I mean, a couple of times in, in Gaziantep, which is a city that's I want to say hundred miles north of mm-hmm. Aleppo, which mm-hmm. I'm sure. Many yeah. listeners know about Aleppo yeah, and, yeah. you know, all the f- not-so-fun stuff that's happening. But, you know, a c- couple times just walking on the street after 10 p.m., uh, you know, soldiers with machine guns would stop by on the street, pull their guns out on me, and ask me what I'm doing out on the street at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And after I tell them, look, you know, I'm just, I'm visiting, you know, they would let me uh, jump in their car and they would take me back to my, you know, BNB or whatever. Was that frightening? At that point, I really didn't care, so it didn't phase me. But in oh. hindsight, in hindsight, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it was questionable. Right, but you didn't see anybody get hurt, really. No, 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 not during my. Trip. And what was? What do you think the like? Was it just like what was the basic lifestyle there? Was it just a lot of really poor people? Did you see refugees? Not so much the refugees. This was before. The whole refugee oh, right, thing. The refugee thing was like maybe ago. two years ago. This is yeah, more, yeah three, three and a half. Ago. Yeah, so probably hadn't deteriorated as. But it was, it was a very rural lifestyle, very rural. But despite the fact that the people had nothing for themselves, they were very, very giving and very was, compassionate. Was it um, sort of um, what's the word um, like uh, satisfying to see people that were from the part of the world that you were grown that you had grown up in did it did it soothe any of that well it was interesting because not unlike the united states of america turkey is very very divided at the moment because there are the very very liberals and then there are the conservatives who um who are in support of erdogan i don't know how much you know about erdogan um i'm not going to be able to pass yeah, he, he's, he's, he's like he's i a mean tyrant. i know a little bit but i'm not going to be able he to um talk he essentially He's a guy that wants to bring back veils so, so that women start have to wearing veils again on the street, hmm. which is g- going backwards, in my opinion. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Big time. But, you know, the people that I was meeting on this trip were supporters of his, you know, ah. very, very conservative people. And I always kind of had a, for lack of a better word, a distaste towards this um, uh, demographic. But once I got to meet them in person and I started talking with them, I realized why they were in such great support of him because here he's going around to these little villages giving these poor people bags of coal, bags of free food, you know, free money for their village. So, of course, they're going to go and vote for him. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was sort of trying to talk about at the beginning of the hour when I was reading that letter from the Trump supporter that I made friends with. Yeah, I mean, exactly. we can't we can't we can't judge judge all individuals. And then at the same time, there's a lot of really like not 
not so nice people who were supporting the, um, you know, Black Lives Matter movement that are accusing you of being, you know, racist. racist. Yeah, let's so, say it. Which isn't fair. It's either. very disheartening. So we need to like really check out individuals by well, individuals. It's also important that every phone call that I've gotten for the flyer thing, I've invited every person yeah. to come on Murmur to talk about yeah. it on an open platform. Yeah. And none of them have wanted to do it. So if you don't want to have an open discussion about it, don't just diarrhea all over my face and walk away. Well, you know what? As Michelle says, when they go oh, low, no, we, we go, go high. high and just always, yeah, just always, you know, that's Keep your a, chin that, up. that is a really good. Be a gentleman or a gentleman. Remember. So, but um, anyway, this trip had a profound effect on you. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing. 100%. And then what, what happened and what transformed, what, what made you feel like, okay, I can come home now? Yeah. All it took was about eight days. I traveled to six cities in Turkey. Mm -hmm. And when I came back to Istanbul, I was still very distraught. But at least that trip uh, served as a turning point for me, where before I was very skeptical about just humanity in general. Gosh, I was mm -hmm. such a um, mm -hmm. nihilist. But after that, I was like, oh, there's kindness in humanity so were you were you seeing it at like your job in um you know in new york and 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 stuff like that were you seeing a lot of like people selfish on a hustle kind of thing pushing pushing and shoving is, was, that what, is that what had to happen i mean you know i can tell you on so many occasions taking the l train from mm -hmm. the west village working from city winery back to jefferson stop mm -hmm. and i would be crying my eyes out in, in the subway mm -hmm. and you know I, I do my best to hide it you know I, I was mm -hmm. whimpering like a baby but I couldn't control it and you know the people around me were completely unfazed but that's a New Yorker thing you know if somebody just got stabbed right next to you we, we kind of have this wall you know we just we kind of block it out I don't know I think some, that sounds kind of cynical I'll say like if I see somebody crying I'm not sure if they want my they like some people want to like to feel anonymous in a crowd like myself so but you know the thing is is that you were able to sort of see a part of of humanity that you hadn't seen before and maybe when you came back you were able to more easily cultivate that in your own life i imagine having a job at the city city winery i mean that's any kind of waiter job is pretty people aren't necessarily the most compassionate i mean that's a tough business to being mm -hmm. a waiter right are you still mm -hmm. working only two days a week i'm trying to um shorten it. Mm -hmm. yeah. are you making some money from your or from the murmur thing yeah, yeah. thankfully uh I rent out my studio, actually, for people who want to do their own podcast. Oh, so if anybody wants oh, to do their own podcast, you're more than welcome to rent out the Murmur Studios. Oh. Only $18 an hour, and oh, I do all looks, the editing and mastering for free. You do? Yeah. Wow. And it looks really nice. It's a very homey I mean, spot. I, I, I want to have you over. Oh, Not yeah. as like a Murmur guest, just to hang out. I'm going to yeah, read your Turkish over. coffee and yeah, yeah. give you a fortune reading. you got it. You got it. All right. So you came back, and you started doing the podcast the podcast yeah not immediately i, I first moved to the bedside i lived in a sublet for about a good five months mm -hmm. i sold off all of my musical equipment and took out a loan from the bank for about you know four, four to five thousand dollars oh, you were a musician i was a musician a failed one mm -hmm. yeah I, okay that 
Okay, that's a we whole don't have that's, that's, that's a whole, whole other hour. Story. Exactly. Uh-huh. So but, you... Uh, I looked for an apartment for five months in the East Village specifically. The reason why I chose East Village is because I wanted to be localized somewhere central for this Burmer project. Oh, so that that's smart. When people would see that's the flyer, smart. it didn't matter if you were from New Jersey, Queens, right, right, or Bronx. Right, right. It would be an easy place for right. people to come and have access to. Smart, smart. So, um, anyway, so what, what has, what has experience of doing murmur and having those, at least to, to date, those 200 or so strangers come over? Like, how has it transformed you? I should correct one thing. It's probably near 300, okay. but a lot of the shows that I don't air because when people come on, they end up talking too in depth about the things that are going on there personal and private lives and they ask me afterwards can you please refrain right. from putting this up on air well, and so we just keep it between us yeah um how it changed me as a person i went from like i said having barely no friends no friends in new york to having so many people in my life right now that i actually would rather just <laughs> have some time alone to myself uh-huh. and just read the new yorker on my own that's that's my idea of fun these days so what 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 changed? Is it your attitude towards people, the people you attracted? What do you think happened through the podcast? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I started or the just project. practice. It could just be the simple act of talking to strangers. I still very very much love talking to people. I feel like by engaging other people, I get to learn new things about myself. Mm-hmm. It's like me looking at you right now and seeing the way that you react to the things I say. It's like a mere reflection. Yeah, I guess so. It, it's it's a beautiful thing. But I'm going to have to be a, a little, uh, you know, a nihilist again and say that if there's one thing that I learned from doing this murmur thing for the past three years, it's that most people are narcissistic hmm. and want to talk about nothing but themselves. Well, but isn't that part of the way it's set up when you ask them to come on your show? I say it's a it's an open conversation. I'd say it's a dialogue, but a lot of times people will expect me to uh to interview them even though I stated very very clearly that it's a back and forth. It's very hurtful to me when somebody comes huh, on and Interesting. And, so so that, you're a little con- conflicted about um your format, I think. I think you're a little I mean, which I can understand. I mean, this format, for example, is clearly you know, more of an interview or a therapy session or call it whatever you want. I mean, I, and in therapy, the rules are the therapist doesn't talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of stick to that. But I think what you're saying is that there's something from, you're saying that, it, that you find people really narcissistic, but what's also kind of interesting is that you're setting up a situation for them to be narcissistic. Oh, you, you think so? Oh, yes. I tell them deliberately that it's not your show. It's not my show. It's our show. It's it's our talk. It's oh, that doesn't forth. sound realistic to me at really? all, honey. Really? You don't think so, Dr. Lisa? <laughs> no. It's so realistic. No. Well, it, but I, I will say one thing, though. This conflict that you're talking about is a good way to instigate drama in the moment, which cr- makes the conversation passionate. What do you mean? And interesting. For yes. instance, if somebody's really bugging me, I will say it straight to their face. I will say, look, you just came on here talking about your failed acting career for 10 minutes and you didn't even bother to look at me in the eyes and ask me how I'm doing. I'm getting a little bored, buddy. 
So, you know, that might be a little blunt or, or a frank thing to say to somebody that you don't know, that you just invited to your house. But I find that, that with that level of honesty and, and directness, it kind of makes a conversation more interesting and more genuine and in the moment. Okay, well, I'm going to say that <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say uh, that you're setting them up and that you may have this is this is this is this is just my my take off the cuff. Uh, honest. On, I'm just being on just mm-hmm. being direct. Uh, it sounds to me a little bit like you're setting them up because no matter what you have, we have to understand that. You're the one, it's your place. You're the one with this experience of doing the podcast, even though you want it, you may want it to be more of a conversation just by the trope, the way it's set up. Of course, it's not set up that it's going to be. You're also, I think, maybe not quite that clear with them about how you want to have it be a back and forth conversation. Well, it turns into a back and forth eventually. Eventually. But I also think that you get a charge and maybe they do too out of sort of like confronting them. No, it's always fun. It's always in good nature. I never ever deliberately set somebody up in my apartment to put them in in a bad position to make fun of them or to put them down. For me, that would, I think, be kind of um, antith- antithetic. Is that the word? Antithetical. And, yeah. So you it would feel be antithetical like, to what the murmur thing. So the confrontation is a way to get them closer. In a strange way, yes. It's like an affectionate ribbing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. like I'm 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 ruffling feathers, but it's it's in good nature. Right. So it's like saying I know you well enough that I can say this confrontational thing, and we'll still be friends. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Um, but, but, um, one, but see, here's when I'm mm-hmm. puzzled about the idea of calling, of using the word narcissistic when you invite people over. There's a disconnect from what I'm on, from what I'm getting, um, between the understanding of the people coming over and your, expectation do you know what i mean oh, and, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. and then also you saying they're narcissistic because not everybody no but Mostly. i mean somebody could say and i'm not saying you're narcissistic but somebody could say that you are narcissistic mm-hmm. by expecting people to come over and then want to talk at all about you do you know what i mean i don't want them to talk about me i just wanted to it's like a game of tennis dr lisa you know if i throw the ball into your court don't keep the ball in your court and just start bouncing on bouncing it on your um, racket. Mm-hmm. Throw it back to me so that I could receive it and throw it back to you. That's all I want. And maybe sometimes, yes, I have to be, I have to use aggressive, for lack of a better, aggressive means in order to get the conversation mm-hmm. into, into fitting the way mm-hmm. that I quote unquote mm-hmm. expect it to be. Okay, but, we're going to have like uh, just a little over five minutes, but... So I just want to make sure, I mean, I just want to let you know, but, um, cause that's my job also keeping an eye on the time and that's pacing, right. pacing. What, what, what do you consider like a really good interview, like, or a good session, whatever you call it, you, uh, what do you consider a satisfying, like, can you describe like one of your shows that you, your ideal thing that went really well? Spontaneity. 
If I'm laughing a lot and if the guest is laughing a lot, I know that's a good sign. If in the first 10 minutes of the conversation, the, the person I'm talking to, just in the spirit of fun of the moment, lifts up her skirt and, you know, just for fun, that shows me that we're being in the moment. And that mm-hmm. has happened, by the way. I got a flash in my podcast a nice. couple of times. Nice. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not. <so laughs> I don't think it's anything to, you know, be um, <laughs> bragging, bragging about, but, you know. It's just, it's a testament to the fact that people that come on to it, enjoy it. They thank me afterwards. There was a guy from Holland that came on the show about a year ago. He was so moved. He, I mean, I was very, very blunt with him. Very, very direct. Mm-hmm. But he was so affected by our conversation that when he went back to Amsterdam, he created an entire art installation. Wow, that's A gallery so cool. based around our conversation. Oh, that's so cool. On the text format of our talk, splattered all around the walls. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So I might be a dick sometimes, but my intentions are good. No, great. no, I get, I'm not, I am not saying anything like that. Uh, what, so do you have like a goal? Have you ever thought about doing live shows or do you have a goal beyond the uh, podcast? I love to do something like that. And the opportunity almost came about a month ago, but um, you know, it's still kind of up in the air. But you're so. not sure exactly, you don't have like, you exactly what you you i mean was it a tv show is that what you'd like to do there's there's a music venue called barry electric and they wanted me to do their um uh music podcast but it's it's still up in the air and and from the looks of things it's probably not going to happen so that's why i'm kind of yeah but something like that yeah i could see that yeah yeah um so are you dating anybody now do you have any girlfriends i'm dating one of my murmur guests yeah oh how nice and how long has that been going on she came on my podcast two years ago and we started dating when I went to Florida to visit her in February. So, Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so maybe like four or five months and now wow. she moved to New York City. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not with you, not in with you. She's in with me, but she's moving out at the end of the month. She got uh, her own place in she Australia. She got her place. It's just as well, right? You, yeah. It's too, you don't want to be too serious right away. <laughs> I mean, right. I, when you're living in a studio apartment uh-huh. in New York City, sometimes the proximity helps. When you're always together in the same room with somebody, uh, it, yeah. it, can, it can be difficult to manage. For a any, little bit of distance any, helps. Yeah, for anybody. So that that's really great, right? I feel good, Dr. Lisa. I mean, I hope I, I didn't say anything to you know upset you. Maybe you had this idea about my podcast that I'm this you know benevolent, kind-hearted person. I am all those no, things. But no, no, are, are no. I'm, I'm feeling like you're... My intentions are good. I'll just no, say that. no, I, I have no doubt. I think you're a very kind person. Um, I was, no, I don't, I'm surprised. I'm surprised <laughs> that you're thinking about it, that you're thinking that, that you're thinking that I think that, that I think that you are what belligerent or. I'm sensitive to what other people think. I'm you not really are. I am. I am. Very yeah, young. you are. So you got to own your, you got to, you got to own who you are. Oh, I own it. I own Are 100%. you in therapy? No, I'm not. I wish I was. I need to find a therapist. You need a I don't therapist. Have, I don't have health insurance. Okay. So CMPS Centered for Modern Psychoanalysis on uh, West 10th Street has a sliding scale and they have a, um, like kind of a, you know, people who have a lot of um, training, but not a lot of experience. And you can go there and get some great, get a great therapist for very, very little. Because it's seeming to me a little bit like um, you have everything going for you. There's no question about that. Uh, I think that 
that is really uh, disorienting being, I think that was huge. Like your mom taking you to America at age nine. Uh, there's a lot of residual stuff like that. And then it seems like there must be some identity issues, right? There was not so much anymore, thankfully. But yeah. And also like your relationship with your dad, you missed him, all that stuff. That's, that's, that's tough. Those are just, I mean, those are really, really tough things that make me feel some sadness and compassion for you and uh, uh, admiration as well because uh, you've taken those lemons and made lemonade out of them and you have um, learned how you have, you know, through generosity, through receiving generosity through other people and giving it back. I think um, you've made your life a lot richer. And that impresses me as a, from my point of view, young, very young man. Also, I made some lots of really great friends too. And yeah. yeah. I hang out with many of my murmur guests. Yeah. We just had a party um, two weeks ago. We had a drum circle in the apartment. There were oh, really? 20 old murmur guests and we all just drummed away. It was so much fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you stay in touch with them. Absolutely. Yeah. And you introduce them to, you have a, like your own little community. Exactly. There. <laughs> a little tribe. That's so great. Community is really, really important. So how I want to make sure that we get uh, everything in here. And um, are you looking, so you're always looking for guests? Do you want to tell us about that? Tell my guests about your wanting guests? All the time. I never, ever turn anybody down who wants to come on Murmur to be a guest. Uh, How can they get in touch with you? Go on murmur.com, M-U-R-M-U-R, talk.com, or just call me by my phone number. Can't tell my phone number. Well, if it's up to okay, you. Yeah. I wouldn't give out mine, but go ahead. 347-717-9749-533 East 5th Street is my apartment. Just ring Buzz 109. Just show up spontaneously, and we'll sit down, and we'll get the microphones ready and have a conversation in two minutes. I'll make you Turkish coffee and read your fortune at the end. Wow, that's really beautiful. Now, you know what's really amazing in this day and age, in this, you know, town, in the big in the big picture of what town means, that you made that possible. And th- there's a real like uh, certain fearlessness, and uh, it's just fearless and generous. I I can't imagine anybody else that would just give out their phone number and address on the air. Do you? I kind of feel like public property at this mo, you know, at this phase of my life. So, I just wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah, whatever. It's not a big deal for me. Beautiful. I hope you guys learned something from this because I think I have. You got to be nice. Life is short, and the more you give, the more you get back. Right. That's true. Yeah. So, um, I want to make sure that I let you guys know about what we're trying to do. Have you heard of South by Southwest, Ulick? I have. It's an amazing music festival in Austin, Texas. Yeah, music, and they have all sorts of stuff. Have you Have you ever been? I, I actually went once. How was it? Oh, it's incredible. My husband did a talk about Woody Guthrie. Oh, he's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. He, he's had a lot to do with the Woody Guthrie Foundation and Woody Guthrie's daughter and granddaughter. He did a photo book about uh, Greystone where Woody Guthrie spent his last days. Anyway. Do you know that uh, Radio Free Brooklyn is is in the running to be on a panel there? So uh, 
this is what I'm trying to do, folks. We need you, 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 you person out there who's listening right now. We need your help. Okay. So what we want you to do is go to radiofreebrooklyn.com slash South by Southwest. Okay. And, uh, vote for us. So what you, you go there and you cast your vote for our panel, DIY radio and local community radios, local music communities. What the fuck am I saying here? This isn't my job. This isn't my main job reading. I, 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 this is too, this is too much pressure. I have to deliver something really, t- really normal. I don't do this stuff. Anyway, you know what? I'm, Tom, I'm sorry. Okay. I fucked up. I'm sorry, Tom. And mom, mom, I know you're mad at me too, but you're always mad at me and I'm fucking sick of your shit. You've been dead for 20 years. Just get off my back. So anyway, we want to take, we want to get this panel at uh, South by Southwest. So it's really easy, folks. All you do is go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash South by Southwest. The voting ends August 25th. So you only have like a little bit. What day of the week is August 25th? Is it like a Tuesday or when? When is that? I lost track of the days. Today's the 17th. It's like a week away. 25th is going to be a Friday. Okay, so it's a week from Friday. We don't have a lot of time. We really want to get to do this. So we need you to we need you to do that. Okay, will you do it? Will you? Oh, that would be so great. And then you can hear us from South by Southwest. Next time we'll help you get to go. It's going to be awesome. And you know what happens after my show, uh, Look, is this other show that's so great. It's called uh, Lost and Rewound. And it's by this really great host, Elon Danziger. And he's a guy who... Um, carried around a tape recorder in the mid nineties. He was in middle school then. And, uh, he just created an audio time capsule, of prepubescent life. And that's kind of his inspiration behind his show. He does like talk and he has people come on and play their mixtapes and stuff like that. And it's a really great show and it's on in a minute and a half right after this one. So I want you guys to stay tuned for that because if you haven't had the, Elon Danziger lost and rewound experience. You really need to. And I, I want to thank you all for listening today. And I want to make sure that you come and, and visit me at Dr. Lisa gives a shit on radiofreebrooklyn.com. And you can always write to me at Dr. Lisa at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Anytime, you know, if you've got, if you have an issue you'd like me to weigh in on. I'm always here to help. You know that. And sometimes I actually analyze artwork. People will send me their artwork and then I will tell them like what I think what it says about them, which is, which is always really fun. People love, people love that. Can I give a quick shout out to a friend? Sure, please. Nadir, thank you for always being a friend to me when I've been lonely in this city. Thank you, my friend. Nadir, I love you. Oh, isn't that sweet? That's not your girlfriend, is it? No. Just my best your, friend. My your best, best friend. friend. Iranian a fema- friend. A female. Dude. A dude. A, a dude. Yeah, I love oh, him. He's like a brother to me. That's nice. You know, um, you seem really able to access your emotions. Maybe that. Do you think American men are not? There, it's an. It's it's a non-American men thing. Right? I think. So. Doctor Lisa gives a shit. Doctor Lisa gives a shit. Doctor Lisa gives a shit.
Yeah.